John chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now let's begin here by kind of looking back at our context and see how we get to this place and this point. First of all, uh, as we look at how, how key the context is in this passage and really throughout the whole book of 1 John, we want to back up a little bit further and remember, this book was written not in, in chapters and verses when it was written. It was written as a letter. It was written as a letter to, to these believers to encourage or strengthen them. We have to remember the same thing with nearly the, the whole rest of the, the New Testament. It's not written as some sort of textbook, but written as a letter to a certain group of believers, maybe in a certain city or a certain church, even to a certain individual um, for their, their learning, their edification, their instruction, and all of these things. And so um, as we look here, we have to see the whole big picture before we bring it down uh, to this. But uh, first of all, every believer has the Holy Spirit given to us at our salvation. 1 John 3.24 And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit, capital, Spirit, capital S, which he hath given us. The Holy Spirit is a gift to every believer, and every true believer has the Holy Spirit. If, if you say you have the Holy Spirit, and you know you have the Holy Spirit, it's because you have the assurance and knowledge that you are in Christ. If you are not in Christ, you do not have the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know too, and I know that there's different opinions and thoughts on this, but if the Holy Spirit is truly inside of you, if you are truly born again, as John has talked about, not only does He give us the, the ability to um, reassure our hearts or to have assurance, but it is that we have a knowledge that God dwells within us. There's no mistaking that. There's no mistaking the Holy Spirit. And, and we as Baptists sometimes get a little afraid of talking about the Holy Spirit, and we, we leave that for those who seem to be more in the charismatic persuasion. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit is a gift to every believer from the very first to the very last. It is God dwelling in us, abiding in us, who has saved us and sealed us unto the day of redemption and now lives and works and, and uh, accomplishes His will as we yield to His leading. Then, uh, furthermore, and every believer must know the difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirit of Antichrist that are in the world. First John uh, 4 verse 1 believe not every spirit so what does that mean that means that there's other spirits doesn't it now the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God he is uh, co-equal co-eternal uh, with God the Father and God the Son uh, yet distinct he uh, the Father has sent the Son the Son has sent the Spirit uh, to us so that every believer may have fellowship and knowledge of God may be instructed daily may be sealed and assured in our hearts but as well to help us to discern what is of the spirit of truth and that is of the spirit of error. Now, as we look at this today, we're going to kind of see this, uh, this sort of um, contrast between the two. Y'all know this. 
There is a giant difference between that which is of God and that which is not of the Lord. Right? There is, there's no mistaking it, nor should there ever be. However, unfortunately today, because we have so many believers who maybe are persuaded to not truly follow the Scripture as it is written, or many others who have never grown deeper in their knowledge of Scripture or their obedience to the Holy Spirit, that they mistake many other things, including their emotions uh, and such, as the Holy Spirit. And we have to discern these things. It is not just the pastor who is able to discern things. It is not just the missionary or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher who can discern things. It is every believer, but it is not ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit of God in us. He is the one who teaches us. He is the one who guides us. He is the one who corrects us. He is the one who who leads us. And He is the one that we are to obey and to submit to. But everything that He leads us to, as we're going to see, is going to be in the Scripture. Where we find the Word of God and the will of God, we find the working of the Spirit of God in us. Now the purpose of John's writings within the immediate passage here is one, he gives the tests or, or the proofs of the assurance of our salvation. And the whole passage that we studied at the end of chapter 3 dealt with this, that we might have, uh, that we might know that we follow the truth, that we're in Him, that we have our hearts assured, that if our hearts condemn us, that God is greater than our heart, and that we can have confidence toward God, and that we can have assurance that the Spirit dwelleth in us. Second, he gives instructions on knowing and defending our faith in a day with Antichrist and false teaching running wild. Now, I know it's been a couple chapters ago, and probably a couple of months ago, but over in 1 John chapter number 2, he dealt extensively with the issues of these little antichrists, as he called them. Now, these were not the antichrists, as we think about in the end times during the tribulation. We're talking about antichrists. And there are antichrists then, in John's day, as well as in our day. And as he's going to see, and we're going to look at this passage today, that this is a spirit that has always and ever been. From the garden moving forward, there has always been a deceiver who is Satan himself, who seeks to deceive, who seeks to... Um, to spread lies and, and misunderstanding about who God is and His Word, is so that there would be many who would fall away and would follow these anti-Christ doctrines. Now, why are they anti-Christ? Because they go against Christ and His teaching. It is the devil and, and the anti-Christ spirit that does not want you to have assurance of salvation. It is a spiritual battle for those who struggle with assurance and knowledge of their salvation. It is certainly something, the, the, the doubts, the discouragement, the, the continued issues that, that people face with that, it is a battle of the mind. It is a battle of the Antichrist spirit of, of falsehood and, and, and false truth or anti-truth versus what the Holy Spirit teaches us and tells us. Now as well, in the immediate context, the Holy Spirit gives us both the assurance of salvation and the instruction to continue in the truth of God. God does not desire just to save you and then that's it, right? And then just take us to heaven. That's, that would sound great, wouldn't it? Right? We live our life, boom, we get saved, right? Praise the Lord, and then we look up and boom, there, there we're in heaven. We don't have to worry about anything else. But that's not how salvation works. That's not how life works. The Lord saves us, seals us, and indwells us through His Holy Spirit, and then it is through obeying and trusting and being led of the Holy Spirit of God that we grow in our sanctifying process that is a lifelong, painful process, a difficult process 
full of many ups and a whole lot of downs as well. It is full of a whole lot of in-between of days where we just just feel this sort of in-between melancholy. We're not really, or we're not really happy. We're not really sad. We're just kind of going through, coasting along. And these are times where we need to be upward and moving forward in our walk, trusting God all the more, relying on the Spirit all the more. Now, as we look at this, we're going to see a few things that, that takes place. As we remember, John is writing as well to instruct uh, us, us believers, in how to continue in the truth of God because there were those who had left the truth of God's Word. Those antichrists that he had talked about in, in chapter 2 were ones that used to be a part of the faith community. They used to follow John's teaching. They used to follow Jesus' teaching. But now they have been swept up in the issues of the day and the false teaching of the day, which at that time was Gnosticism and different kinds of Gnosticism, different little offshoots and branches. And I want you to know that that same sort of mentality and falsehood and false teaching is still alive and well today. It is not seen in the same uh, name as Gnosticism, but it's practiced in very much the same. Uh, we have many and countless who deny the Scripture or who add to the Scripture or who have their own uh, variation of they will, I think Jesus was like this, or I think the Bible really says this. What it means there, oh, I think there's more stuff than what the Bible has, and we get to use these other books too. Right? It doesn't work that way. And John here, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel as he writes them, but he's trying to get the believers back to the simple truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has taught. Now, let's look today at verse number one, first of all, to look at the two imperatives that he gives. First of all, the first imperative, the imperative is, is a command. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit. This is the first one. This comes from the word, um, a, a root word, it's pistis, which is the word for faith. Uh, or here, the, real, the word that is used for, for belief is pisteuo. It is to trust, to put faith in, to rely on, to have confidence in, to think to be true, or to entrust. There is a, a depth of not just, oh yeah, I believe that, right? I, I believe the sky is blue, okay? But there is a much deeper belief in trusting in Jesus for our salvation and for our sanctification and our glorification, right? You, you can believe that the, cup, that the carpet or the pews are, are red, Right? And, and you would be right in doing so. That's what they are. However, you only see, but, but so far, there's only a, a so much belief. Like, I believe because I know it to be true, but there's a, a deeper understanding. This is a commitment, a trust, a confidence, an assurance. He says, don't have that in every spirit. I know in a lot of our, our, a lot of our, our people, myself included, we like to see the good in life. And I think most of the time we probably should be looking at our glasses half full and not half empty. But there is a real danger that we go and we look and we try to find the good in everything. And so then what happens is then we overlook, well, you know, I know that's not quite true, but we can overlook that. Well, I'm afraid that what the Bible teaches here is that we should not believe every spirit. Meaning this. Everyone that says that they preach Jesus doesn't really preach Jesus, right? Everyone that says that they are a Christian isn't really a Christian. It certainly would be nice if it were the case, but the reality is if you go just a little bit deeper, take one more shovelful more, if you were to ask the average person in Carroll County today, are you a Christian? Most of them would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Then if you were to ask them why are they a Christian, that's where you're going to find 
those who are Christian and those who think they are Christian or have a misunderstanding of what being a Christian is. Christian, and to be a Christian, is to not attend church. It is to not only try to do good things or to be a nice person or to help little ladies across the street. Right? Those are nice things. Those are uh, commendable things. But that is not following Christ. It is not having repented of sin and trusted in Jesus or believed, as this same word here is found, to put faith in Jesus alone. That's the difference. But then as well, there is the other thing that we must discern on this side, and that is there are many others who in the world today say that they are Christian or preach Christian beliefs. Right? I would say this, and I know this might be a little uncomfortable for some folks, and that's okay. There, there, uh, there's a giant group of people today who claim to be Christian, who, who call themselves Mormons. That's not Christian. They have a false view of who Jesus is. They don't believe the Jesus of the Bible. If you don't believe the Jesus of the Bible as God has revealed Himself, there is no salvation. All right? And, and what, is, what is sad is that we have countless Baptist believers who should know the Bible and should know Jesus of the Bible but unfortunately, they know more of the Jesus of the culture. We cannot let the culture determine what we believe about what God has already said. We cannot let others who have a false view of who Jesus is impact our walk with Jesus or our political ideas or our thought processes or our way of life. We must not believe every spirit. We must always, though, believe or to put trust in, to put faith in, to rely on, to have confidence in, to think to be true or to entrust the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. You see, the Holy Spirit never speaks or leads to anything that is untrue, unjust, or unholy. The Spirit always points us to the Word of God, which is always true, just, and holy. The belief is faith being understood Believed and, and applied. And so here, belief here, or to, to believe not every spirit, well, here to believe the Holy Spirit is this. The belief is, is faith that we, we understand it with our mind, we believe it with our heart, and we apply it with our life. Now, would you entrust your entire life, mind, heart, which the idea of your heart is that of your, your core, your center, your, your belief system, your way of life, your way of thinking, um, your moral compass, the, the whole nine yards, your emotions even, would you trust that along with how you live your outside life to something that is not true? I would hope not. But what happens in the world that we live in today is that there are countless who get swept up into false ideologies because their foundation is not the Word of God and they are not being led or not obeying the Spirit of God in them. One commentator puts it, there is but one spirit of truth and one spirit of Antichrist. So, let me ask this, alright? Not a trick question here. If something is not true, then it is false, right? Y'all ever have those tests when you were younger in school, the true-false? Uh, I hated those tests, true-false. They make you overthink everything. Um, Cammie will tell you about it probably better than I can. I still have nightmares over it. Our our Pentateuch class, we had two tests for the whole year, that was it. Both were true or false, that's it. The midterm was 10 true or false, and the final exam was 20 true or false, that's it. And, and, and I'll put it this way, Dr. Decker, love him to death, he is greatly used of the Lord, but he did not make those questions 
the kind of true or false questions that you go, oh yeah, that's true and that's false. It was kind of go, that's sort of true, but sort of false. And the only one that knew the answers was Dr. Decker. By the way, we did pass the class, okay? <laughs> that, that part is true. <laughs> well, if I said it was easy, that would be false though. Now, here with this, we have to understand that, that there is only one truth. Right? We live in a world today, and, and for some of you who, who might be a little bit old, older here, what's happening in my younger generation, and the generation just above me and below me, here's what's happening. Is that we have the new phrase, that is, I want to speak my truth. Right? Or that's true to me. And, and what's true to me doesn't have to be true to you, but if it gets down to it where I'm offended by your truth, then your truth has to conform to my truth because my truth is better than your truth. This is the world we live in. It's topsy-turvy. It's crazy. It's wild. I want you to know this. The easiest way to go about life, especially as a Christian, is to not try to find your truth. It is not trying to even understand and accept the truth of others. It is simply to look at the truth that is God's truth. And by the way, everything that is true is true because God has allowed it to be true, and there is only one truth. Right? The, the carpet up here, right? And let's not have this debate, okay? So at least go along with me here. The color of this carpet is red. Okay, all right, we're good. Is it blue? Okay, good job. All right, it's red. There's no debate. It's true. Right? It, is, it is a true statement. There's no changing. How about this? All right, this, this might get a little tougher. Two plus two is... Yeah, okay, four. Four! It's four. Now, how often is it four? All the time. But what about, right? Let's see, we cannot change truth. Truth is truth. If it's true now, it must remain true. It, it, is, it is a solid truth to know Christ, to know the Scripture, to know the Holy Spirit. It is true. But then, on the other side of that, we live in the world today that follows what is not true to, to believe your own truth and to hold your own truth or to shun other people's truths and all this sort of untruthful, truthful world that we live in, it, it is such a chaotic mess, but what we find is that they are following all blindly one truth. And it's the truth of the Antichrist. It is the truth that seems right to man, but it is not truth before God. And so we have this happening, not just in our younger generations, but we have it happening all over in Christianity. You know the ones who mostly give to false televangelists? Older people. Do. Because they, they read or they, they listen to them and the preaching sounds pretty okay. And then the preacher asks for a little bit of money to build something or to do something and it sounds so nice. Now, I'm not saying everybody that's on TV is bad. That's not the case. Okay, There's some good ones out there. But unfortunately, there are about that many good ones and about this many bad ones. And it's the ones that have this many bad ones that are the ones that are preaching just enough untruth to not be true teachers, to be what, what the Bible would call antichrists. And, and they preach so lovingly and so nicely and so attention-grabbing. They're great orators. They're convincing. And they have just enough truth sprinkled on top, right? Now, if you, if you took cat litter, all right, hear me out here, and you put chocolate chips and sprinkles on top, would it become a cake? No. False teachers, they got cat litter. 
right? And what they do is they put chocolate chips and sprinkles on top, but it's still cat litter. This should disturb us at the acceptance of so many false teachers, but what should disturb us even more is not that the world accepts the false teachers, because that's what the world does, because they don't know the truth. They're not in the truth. They're not of the truth. They're of the world, as he goes to talk on in verse number five. What should disturb us so greatly, what disturbs my heart as a pastor so greatly, is how many of those who claim to be born again or claim to know Christ, claim to follow Jesus, who have been in our churches and our Bible-preaching churches for decade after decade and yet cannot discern what is true and what is not true. I am always happy to answer questions. I love it. It's, it. It makes me, honestly, it's one of the only times in my ministry, if I'm real honest, that I feel like I'm doing something to help. But yet at the same time, it, it greatly breaks my heart at times where you go, you've been in church for four decades, longer than I've been alive. You don't know the simple truth of Scripture. We never outgrow Scripture. We never outgrow the Holy Spirit. Now here, the next commentator here, as you've got Thatcher, he writes something that's very important, I believe. All teaching, true or false, has a spiritual dimension. He can therefore acknowledge that both true teachers and antichrists are inspired by, uh, but, uh, by spirits, but he warns his audience that they must not believe every spirit. There is a spirit of truth which leads to that of faithfulness and trust because it's trustworthy. But then there's the other, the spirit of error, the spirit of Antichrist, which is that which the lost world goes into and believes. They believe it to be true. And if they believe it to be true, then certainly the, the, the believers should not. But yet all the while there is this battle for truth and error going on. There is a battle for your mind to believe that which is false. There is a battle for your heart uh, to believe that which is not true, to, be, uh, to believe that which is Antichrist, to draw you away. Because in John's day, Gnosticism sounded good. It sounded very heady. It sounded very intellectual. But as well, there were other sections of it that sounded very spiritual and emotional, right? You could feel like you knew something. We see the same thing today. Everybody is looking for something more. What we need that is more is found right here in the Word. We need nothing more than the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That is where the power of God is. It's where the true teaching of the Word of God is. It's where our sanctifying process is found. It's not found in the fact that we have big brains or wild emotions that get all sort of filled up. Furthermore, true faith examines its object before reposing confidence in it. So John tells his readers to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Every prophet is a mouthpiece or spokesman of some spirit. True prophets of the Spirit of God who in verse 6 is called the spirit of truth. In false prophets of the spirit of falsehood or the spirit of the Antichrist, so behind every prophet is a spirit, and behind every spirit either God or the devil. Before we can trust any spirits, we must test them. And this is where he gets the second command here. He says, but try the spirits. He says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. The word try here is dokimatso which is to examine, to put to test, to scrutinize, right? It is to thoroughly examine. Think about this. Before they slaughtered the, the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, what did they have to do? They had to scrutinize and examine that thing to be without spot, without blemish, the whole nine yards. This is what they did with our Lord. This is what they did with Jesus, the Lamb of God. 
But for you and I, when we come and we hear teaching, when we hear preaching, when we read Scripture, when we read books, when we read or, or, or have conversations with other people, we must do some trying. We must do some testing. It is like this. There are two types of people with swimming pools. There are those who just jump right in. right? They don't care what it feels like. If it's warm, cold, and they don't know, don't want to know, they're jumping in the deep end. Woo! Right? Bam. That's me. Just get it done. Whether it's warm or cold, just get it done. But then you've got the other ones. And they either, one, go in step by step, right? And they'll stand at one step for a while, get their ankles comfortable, and then they'll take another step, and now they're up to their calves, and, and they'll take another step, right? Or they might do this. They'll dip a toe in and see if it's too cold or too warm, that sort of thing. These are the examiners. We are called, every single believer, to try the spirits to examine whether they be of God, to see whether they are true or not. I would love to be able to do that for you, but I cannot do that for you. Every Sunday school teacher that you've ever had, or every pastor you've ever had, or every preacher you've ever heard, would love to do that for you, but they cannot do that for you. This is through us submitting to the Spirit of God that we would be able to discern, to try, to test the spirits, to see if they are of God or not. And if you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, you should and will know the difference if you are truly submitted to the Holy Spirit, whether something is true, whether it is false, whether it is of God, whether it is of the devil. Sadly, though, we have lost the desire to discern and we have lost the ability to discern. And I'm not talking about in the, in the lost world. The lost world already does not discern spiritual things. They cannot understand the spiritual things. They're lost. They have uh, taken the, the hook of their father, the devil, and they have been led astray. But every believer in this room this morning is called to know and discern the difference. This is the responsibility of every believer and is achieved as we submit to the teaching and correcting of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're going to be wrong about something and that's okay because if we're wrong about something, the Holy Spirit will let us know. But by the way, the Holy Spirit, and you're not going to hear too much from Him unless you are in the Word of God, unless you spend time in prayer. You say, oh, well, preacher, that's so Sunday school. Well, this is Sunday school. It is the most simple of things. It is the most necessary of things for your Christian walk in life to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, to be able to discern the difference. It will only be found as we submit to the Word in the Spirit of God. Every believer is able to do so. Every believer is called and required to do so. Not just because Jesus asked you to, but if you desire to know Christ more, if you desire to live a life full of truth, if you desire to be a good follower of Jesus, it takes some requirement. It takes some accountability. And there is no excuse to say, well, Lord, I just... I'm not good at the whole discerning thing. I just leave it up to the smart Christians. No, right? We're not talking about math or science here. You might not be good at math. That's okay. You could still work at it and be better. You might not be a, a, a mathematician, but you can still be better at it. it. It might not be science, history. It might not be that thing, right? But I want you to know this. Every believer has the gift of discernment. And it's the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that indwells us that is our gift of discernment. Sadly, though, most of us don't want to use that gift. 
We want to use our own minds, which fail us. We want to use our emotions, which lie to us. The standard of testing is that all teaching must align with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The Word cannot be discerned without the Spirit, but the Spirit always brings us under the Word. Lastly, the, the reason here. He says, the reason why we must believe not every spirit and also try the spirits, whether they are of God or not, is because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Here's the commentator writes, his use of ex ercomai, which is translated to go out, in verse 1, suggests that his opponents are on a mission to deceive. This again portrays the Antichrist and allied with the cosmic forces of evil. Their teaching are inspired by the end time spirit of false prophecy, which seeks to lead people astray. The world and false prophets that you find on TV or radio or on books do not want to truly help you to know Jesus more. They want to help themselves to your money. And they want you to follow them and not what the Bible says. There's a reason why the Roman Catholic Church kept Bibles from being translated for hundreds of years. Because if you have to go to somebody else for every discernment and every time you need something spiritual, then you're in need of them. You have to give them your money, them your time, them your trust. God says, trust me. Trust my word. Trust the spirit that I've given you. There is a rise in false teachers, and it has been certainly prophesied throughout the Scripture, Old and New Testament, and we certainly see it in John's day. How much more than do we see it in our own day? So what is the answer? It is to believe not every spirit. Don't trust everything. Not everything that says it is of Jesus is of Jesus. Not everything that says it is of God is of God. But try the spirits. Test them. How do you test them, dear believer? Test them according to the Word of God. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, know the Word of God. If we don't know the Word of God, this is our litmus test. This is our, this is our standard of truth. Because this is truth. We don't know this, and we will not be able to discern a single other thing in our life, the teachings around us. Get in this book, get under the Holy Spirit and submit to Him, and we will begin to find that we all can discern some things. And we all begin to learn and to grow and to have a truer fellowship and following of Christ through His Word. We're going to stop here today because we ran out of, out of time. Next week, we're going to continue looking at the, the confession of truth and, and moving forward in this in discerning. And I hope and my prayer is that each one of us would see the great need for discernment in our day and that God has given us the ability to do so. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. Grateful that we can study your word. God, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to study, to know, to grow. And God, to be able to discern the times and the seasons in which we live, but as well to discern that which is true and that which is error. God, I pray that you would help us now prepare our hearts for this worship service. God, that you would be glorified and honored. Lord, that our hearts would worship you and sing to you. And Lord, that we would receive today what we need from your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, we'll take a pause for the calls. Any guys that want to come pray, we've got a men's prayer room over here.